freaking auto! This is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buhner just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to do you on the internet. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! Yeah, hi. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports. 710, salesports.com. The whole deal. What's going on? Good morning. Good morning, buddy. Or Gertie get, get a good night's sleep? No. Gertie oh, was wow. uh, vomiting and gacking throughout the, oh, throughout oh, Gertie, the night. Gertie. Are we introducing new food? Is that why we've had some problems? Well, no. We were using the old food, and then we decided to introduce some new food to try yeah. to, you know, after yeah. the vomiting and the and the uh, diarrhea and all the rest. So, anyway, right. you know, you, you don't want to hear about a that. Plant-based turn? Yeah. No. We went more towards, like, a little fish, right? So, oh, look, I um, we're not going to talk about how I didn't get a lot of sleep and how I caffeinated myself for uh, a rare time this morning. You never nice. know what will happen. Good. I thought um, we, got, we do have some sports stuff today, but, it, look, it's been a slow week, right, while we're kind of waiting on the offense coordinator thing. And we got a bunch of guests today. We're going to talk to Joel Klatt at 730 about Chip Kelly and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to Brady Henderson about Geno Smith at 830, and Shannon's going to join us at 930. But I thought I would tell you an embarrassing story. You want an embarrassing story? Are you going to try to land like a three-minute story and turn it back to nope. some kind of nope. segue? No, there's nothing to segue here. This is just an embarrassing story about me. About middle age, yes. Uh, I am no, excited. it's not a middle age thing. It's not. Uh, no, this one's really just me. Uh, okay. But I thought I would tell it to you. Okay. And you can uh, you can go you know as you will with it. Um, I mean, is it more embarrassing than telling us about your stinky sneezes? No. Yes. You missed that when you were gone, Brock. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Betsy said you ruined honey for her. That was a one-time incident where my sneeze stank, but this Ooh. is, uh, no, Ooh. this is much more personal. So, Stinks. Right. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, you guys oh, may much remember. Much more personal than that? No. When, okay. when uh, more embarrassing, though. Okay, so sure. I couldn't help that. When uh, we you remember a couple of years ago, we uh, we renovated our house, which was great. Love right. the job that our contractor did. Love the house. Like, everything looks great. We're really happy with it. Built the love deck. Yes, built the love deck, yes. Yes. Um, And so one of the things we did when we renovated the house is in the stairway upstairs to our Mm -hmm. bedroom, Mm -hmm. there is a, do you call that a chandelier? A hanging light of some sort. It's not like a full chandelier, but it's a hanging light. And there was like, you know, a really crappy one there. And we put in a nicer one in the stairway. I really like it. It looks good. It's actually one of my favorite things we did. Pendant light, yeah. Uh, yeah, but bigger, right? It's bigger than just like a little kitchen pendant light. Anyway, so that was like a year and a half ago. And all of a sudden, I don't know, a few months ago, it started like we turn on the light and, and it was so dim that it was as if nothing was on. It was as if it was on a dimmer switch, but there is no dimmer switch there. And so we're like, oh, that's weird. Okay. Kind of strange. And then sometimes all of a sudden it would be normal and really bright and then immediately going back to dim and then it would start flickering and I'm like, well, that doesn't seem quite right. So it's either got to be the the um, the light, right? In which case, we'll send it back to the company we bought it, or mm-hmm. maybe the wiring that they did there yeah. is Some in the faulty. Circuit. We got yeah. a circuit issue, right? The connection. Issue. Yeah. So I I I email the contractor, and he's like, or I call him, and he's like, yeah, we come out take a look at that. You sure it's not the light bulb? I'm like, yeah, no, obviously it's not the light bulb. He's like, oh, okay. Oh no. So he comes out with the electrician. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, oh, two people. Gonna check the voltage. Oh. I'm like, hey, just I was like, I don't need you to fix it. Just tell me if it's the light or not, because then I'll deal with the light. I'll send it back. 
to the light company and like, I'm not blaming him, but you know, just kind of want to know what's going on. <laughs> wow. Wow. He emails me the next day because I wasn't there when it happened. Yeah, we changed the light bulb. It's working fine. Oh, good. Oh, Michael. Oh, Michael, Mike. no. Mike. How terrible is that? Oh, so then he sends me the bill. <laughs> oh, no. What do you think the bill is for a light bulb change? 100 bucks. Minimum. 100 bucks. It's like yep. a vet visit where they don't do anything for your dog. Right. Well, I mean, and he was very nice. He's like, hey, why don't you pay the electrician directly rather than running it through me as a general contractor? You're going to have to pay a whole lot more. But I was so embarrassed when he wrote me back in the email that I couldn't write back. I was just like, yeah, Shane, I can't write back to you. I can't do it. Like, I, I just, I like, I turtled when he said that was the problem. I completely turtled. I like crawled into a ball. Did you tell Heather? She knows. <laughs> she, she does know. Yeah. I don't know how much she thinks of me after that. That's but yeah. funny. Yeah. Is that terrible? Oh, that's pretty bad. I told yeah, you it was embarrassing. Do, I know. I really. No. He even asked you a question. To he be even fair. He was looking out for you. Now, to be fair, it's hard to change that light bulb. It's not, do you need a ladder? Is it one of those? Is I don't even know how right? you would use a ladder. I wasn't there when he changed it, but I would have to imagine somebody was on belay. Or something like I don't know how anybody would reach it. Maura probably could with her long arms and fingers and all that. Right. We could like dangle her over the stairway and she could reach into the light and try to change it. Mm. But I, there's no way I can at you know five ten. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, see, so, good a good segue here, Salk. That is why you need a veteran coordinator like yeah. Chip Kelly. Yeah. He would say to yeah. Mike McDonald, Mike, Mike would think it's all these things. Do we have a team issue? Do we have a voltage issue? Right. Do we have a circuit issue? Yes. Is my leadership okay? And Chip would just say to him, Hey, Mike. You know, in the meeting room, just turn on the light, you know, or, you know, turn down the temperature. Keep guys a little keep, keep guys a little awake. Uh, news yesterday that Ryan Grubb looks like he's out. He's at a he's at a big old Alabama get together. It's the with Red all Elephant Club, folks. Brock. Yeah, he's at the Red Elephant Club. Let them all know that he's the coordinator at Bama. So I think the segue, honestly, Salk, is that Chip Kelly is your general contractor. He's just the man for the job. And, you know, he's not going to make a big deal of it. But he's just going to say, hey, yeah. man. You know, what, the, you know uh, I'm kind of into that idea. Charge you 100 bucks. You know I'm yeah. kind of into that idea. And by the way, it sounds like, you know, they really needed a new offensive coordinator. We played the sound Whoa. earlier in Need to Know. I'll play it again. But Jackson Smith and Jigba yesterday kind of letting us in uh, in a way that was very surprising. So he's down at the Super Bowl. He's on Radio Row. He's talking to the Chicago Bears podcast. He's wearing a bounty uh, paper towel. Is that what he was wearing? Is he jacket, doing, doing yes, it all for bounty? Beat. Yeah, he's doing it for bounty. Uh -huh. So this is uh, this is the question and answer about uh, about Shane Waldron. Doesn't sound good. Bears fans are super interested about the offensive coordinator coming in, Shane Waldron. What can you tell them about who they just hired to to uh, try to get this offense where it needs to go? Um, uh, <laughs> oh. this, is, this is live. Yeah, <laughs> we're not live. We're not. Live. I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, good luck to y'all. I mean, he, he's a he's a great person, great offense coordinator. I was very lucky to have him. <laughs> he goes on from there and kind of rescues it a little, uh, kind of. Uh, but I mean, am I reading too much into it that that sounds like an absolute indictment on how he feels about Shane Waldron? Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty tough. Is this live? Good luck to y'all. Right. Whoa. Right. Yeah, like if you read the headline of that or the transcript, you're like, oh my gosh, he torches him. If you listen to it, you can see that he's just like fighting for, I don't know what to say. Like the guy just didn't have a presence. The guy didn't really distribute well. There were a lot of us that were very, I mean, you could fill in the blank, right, with his kind of 
He kind of went. Who was the old uh, Mike Tom Sula? Mm-hmm. Jim Tom Sula. Jim yeah. Tom Sula. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he sounded like Vita Vea when we asked him a question. Like, <laughs> hey, Vita, what do you like about football? Yeah. <laughs> Are we live? What? <laughs> I mean, like, it's sort of the same thing, except he was being asked about the guy who coached him as a rookie. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, all right, let's see. We'll come back to that here in a few minutes and need to know. So did you go around the house checking your other light bulbs? The rest of them are all fine. Now, are you sure? light bulbs shouldn't go out that quickly, right? Did he ask any questions like, does it happen when you turn things on or when, like, the dryer kicks? Anything Shut like up, that? Justin. I don't, I don't need to hear that idea. <laughs> oh. Salk's the guy who calls the plumber to plunge his toilet. Not true. I'll plunge that sucker. <laughs> The Mike Salk Home Improvement Show. This like, is great. Someone two, please smack him. 253. As an electrician, I love how all the homeowner always no. knows it's the wiring. I didn't say that. I said it was probably the light. I was just looking for confirmation. Right. Salk, right. I'll change your light bulbs for 50 bucks a light bulb. All right. Thank you. That's very nice. 510, that's seven inches generous. Go, go. How dare you? And then, uh, let's see, someone, t- oh, a bunch of people are want to take away my man card. That's gone. Yeah. Take away my man card. It's- see if I can function without my man card. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Guys, I got news for you. <laughs> if there was such thing as a man card, which, as I've said before, is the stupidest phrase known to man, it would have been taken away so long ago, you wouldn't be able to find that sucker. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yeah, it does sure sound, as you mentioned, Brock, like Ryan Grubb is not going to be the guy to be the offensive coordinator here in Seattle. He met yesterday with the famed Red Elephant Club. Do you think they'd let me be a member of that? No. Why not? Eh. Background? Probably. Yeah. Anyway, uh, told them... The accent that he's going to be in Birmingham, that he's going to be the offense coordinator there. So it doesn't sound like he's going to be here in Seattle. Probably not that surprising. As we were saying yesterday, he was one of the first people interviewed for this job. Didn't get it. Just kind of felt like the momentum wasn't there. So what about Chip Kelly? There's really nothing new there. Brady who's going to join us at 830. Brady Henderson seemed to kind of make it seem like there were other people that were getting interviewed. Oh, there's as well. definitely other. Yeah, there's definitely other. Interviews. It's not going to be Mike Kafka. That's officially dead. No. Nope. And you know the you know the way it works there. We're, nobody is gonna really know until Schefter or Jay Glazer reports it. That's just the way they do it. They they don't have leaks in that organization. They don't have they don't play games. I'd be curious to ask Brady if it was Chips people that kinda let that story out or if it was the Seahawks people, because if it was Chips people Salk, that's not good. That's not the way Why they would wanna... it be Chips people? That wouldn't make any sense. It it really wouldn't. There's no but... reason Chip would want that out because if he doesn't get the job it's embarrassing. And he has to still I, I try guess. to recruit everybody. Like, I, I guess. Just, yeah, I don't I guess, buy it. I guess, but he's he's had his name out in reference with other jobs, too, and interviews at other places. So, yeah. Yeah, that'll be a Brady question. And uh, time just keeps on ticking. A week from tomorrow, five days after the Super Bowl, that decision's got to be made on Geno Smith. And I would sure love a coordinator in place with some time on task yeah. and conversations to be had before you got to make that critical decision. I, uh, I played you the Jackson Smith and Jigba sound a few minutes ago. I won't play it again for a little while just so that we don't keep playing it over and over again because I do feel like there's a chance that maybe he just, you know, didn't really know how to answer the question, got caught up, but it sure sounds like he was unimpressed with Shane Waldron. What do you think that's about? I don't think he had any idea that was coming. I think that's one of those situations when you're on Radio Row, Sulky, and you're wearing a, a bounty Letterman's jacket mm-hmm. and you're bouncing. You know how it goes. You're just bouncing interview to interview and interview. You're talking about yourself. He's on in Chicago. He had he no known. idea they do were going to ask him about knew, him. Do you think he knew that Shane Waldron was the new OC in Chicago? 
I don't know. I don't. He, probably, probably not. He I guess probably that's a good may question. not have even known that. That's like, fair. What? Oh, that's where he ended up. Like, oh, hold on a second. Let me try to. That's fair. I, I honest to goodness, I, I think that was a lot more of no Dave Pearson around to prep me for. Hey, here's some of the things that are going to be coming your way. You're bouncing between different interviews, and that was just a real kind of window into. Yeah, I didn't love it. wasn't great. wasn't great for us. wasn't great for the team, and that's why, unfortunately, the whole staff's blown out. Here's the second thing you need well, to while know. Well, JSN was talking in Vegas, CSN Brock is on his way to Seattle. That's Kanan Smith and Jigba, his brother, former Pittsburgh Pirate, who was picked up off waivers by the Mariners yesterday. He's an outfielder. He's kind of bounced up and down between the majors and AAA, so uh, we'll get a chance to see him, Pirates, I would think. Right? Yes, I just said, former Pittsburgh Pirate. We'll get a chance uh, to see him down there. They got some other fun names. Hey, 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 what? give some credit. Crying out loud. Broken by G. Scott. Thank you. Mariner Newsbreaker, G. Scott. Why are you burying the lead? I shouldn't. You should not. Don't do that that again. Put it in the light bulb, but don't bury the lead. It's pretty darn simple. I'm really sorry about that. G, I apologize sincerely. Uh, We'll see some other fun names down there in spring training, too. They announced their minor league invite group yesterday. A couple of big prospects. Harry Ford and Cole Young both got invitations, so that's pretty cool. Does it feel like some of the buzz has subsided on, on Harry Ford? A little bit. A little bit because maybe he's a little bit in between. I was reading yesterday in some notes that he's going to play some different infield positions. Is he a catcher? Is he an infielder? Well, if you've got Cal Raleigh and he's your backstop. And, and you third base looks the way it does. For the next 10 years, is, is he a guy that can play a few different spots because of his tremendous athleticism? I'll say this, man. That draft last year, it was all about A-T-H-L-E-T-E. It was athlete after athlete after yeah. athlete. And as they round out, the rest of the 40, man, as they round out, the guys are going to invite to camp. Look at it, man. It's the same thing. There is a lot of speed and a lot of athleticism they have added here on the fringe of their roster. Here's the third thing you need to know. And then there's Jeff Fish, who spoke yesterday. He is clearly very excited about his staff. Uh, Talked about having a Belichick, having a Carroll. Put them both on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, Belichick's on the Mount Rushmore. I love Pete. Is he a Mount Rushmore guy? Like, if you're naming four all-time NFL coaches, Pete? No. I love if you're, Pete. If you're naming 21st century football coach. Okay. 10 years at SC, 14 yeah, yeah, yeah. years at Seattle, That's multiple fair. national championships. Okay. Yeah. That sounds right. I think if you're, yeah, if it's a Mount Rushmore of just football coaches, it's Saban. It's yeah. Serbian, basically. It's all Serbian. It's yeah. a Serbian it's Rushmore. It's the guys who all got. I don't know <laughs> how you say Mount Rushmore week. in Serbian, but it's that's what it is. It's Sabin, it's Belichick, it's Carroll. I thought it was Croatian. <laughs> or it's Croatian. Was it Sorry. Croatian or Serbian? Mora, which did he Big say? Difference. Did Pete say they were all Croatian, Croatian or Serbian? Croatian. That's what I thought. Croatian. Brock, get it right. It's about correctness. The sensations. In the meantime, Jed Fish has. Uh, gave us a pretty good window in to what his sales point is going to be for UW. Yeah, I mean, I, I think NFL is a lot more important than NIL. And I think when you have an opportunity to sell the NFL, you should do it. Uh, the difference of some programs is they want to, you know, sell it. You know, we can tell it. We can tell you what it's actually like. Uh, Steve Belichick and Brennan Carroll have lived, breathed, and were born into the National Football League. There is no question that both of our coordinators, forget their 14 years or seven years of coaching experience in it, they have 40 years or 36 years of living in it. Dude knows how to sell. I mean, he just knows how to So you think that sell. stuff is good? You like the sort of... So I interact with these... 18 to 22 year olds yeah i used to not i we used to just do a lot of coaches meetings and my producer bo's right over the last few years he's like we have to talk to the players is there a lot of years with the players i'm like 
man, you do 10 player interviews, maybe one or two you get something out of, right? right? And uh, not that case anymore. They've gotten better and better, and you <laughs> kind of get to the right guys. But as you do relate to them, as you do listen to them, it's important to be able to sell. And oh, by the way, guess what? You don't have to sell one time and sign them to the dotted line, uh, bottom line for right. five, dotted line for five years. You got to sell every day. Mm-hmm. You got to sell when this portal opens and that portal opens twice a year. You got to sell them to come back. You got to sell with your, the collectives. But is that all that's going to be left in college football soon? Is salesman? Uh, it's just seems like kind of a disaster. It's kind of tough. That's everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Sulk Show. But he did it at Arizona. You talk to folks down there. You yeah. talk to Gronk. You talk to people. We'll talk to Joel Klatt. And you can see what he did there, man. And that was not an easy job. And it was desolate. And it was dark. And it was depressed. And they were awful under Kevin Sumlin at the end. I think they were 1-11, 0-12. And he rebuilt them up into a double-digit winner and what was going to be a Big 12 preseason favorite contender. So... He knows how to do that, man, and he knows how to sell, and he's got a good staff, and he's off and running, man. Hmm. Uh, let's see. A lot of text messages about my uh, about my light uh, little light bulb incident. Some, yeah. are, some are right. Some are wrong. Mow a lawn, drive a stick, change a light bulb. Apparently, three things Saul can't do. Not oh, you sure. can drive a stick. You can drive a stick. How, oh, yeah. how dare you, 360? And, and, and you got a free electric lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, I mow a lawn all that, the time. That you sold yeah. for money. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Brock, Brock gave me his lawnmower, <laughs> and then I sold it and made money back on that old thing. <laughs> See, there's your money for the contractor uh, right there. Of Bingo. course, Salt doesn't think there's a man card because he's never possessed one. So obviously, something he's never possessed couldn't exist. Yeah, I just think being a man is a little different from what you do. Yeah, I think it has to do with responsibility and living up to it and not, uh, you know, whether or not you can change a tire. <laughs> Stupid. Have anyway. you changed a tire? T- a tire? You're not yeah. allowed. I told you, bro. <laughs> don't you think right, AAA exists for next. a reason? Joel. I don't want to cross the union lines and change a tire. Call the cops I would never chased. take a job away from somebody who has that job for a living. Uh, I would never even think to do that. It's just, quite frankly, it's rude. And it's uh, and it's inappropriate. All right, we'll come back with Joel Klatt and his man card next on Brock and Saul. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports Deck. Yeah, 206 says, don't worry, the world's changing to run flat tires and roadside assistance for Sally. I mean, Salk. All right. Come on now. You know right. who I think is with you on this one? Who? Clap. Really? I don't think he's a real handy. No? No. Mm-mm. He seems like much more of a man than me, really. <laughs> I would think Joel can certainly fix, change a tire. Well, ask him, fix him. All you know, right. If he can hang a pendant or fix his toilet or change a tire. Can you do any of those things, Joel? You don't touch the inside of a toilet, right? I mean, you're, your not, you're not allowed to reach in on those chains, are you? <laughs> the plumber's well, union, they get upset. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not handy, but I can I can change a tire. Oh. Uh, mm. I mean, you better be able to do that. But no, I'm not fixing anything around the house. Smart. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't touch any of that. Somebody here says, Salk, without logic that you won't take another man's job seems wrong. You took a legitimate radio show host's <laughs> job by being on the air. True. That's That's rude. Quite hey, frankly. Uh, Joel, Mike told a story to start the show that he thought he had a voltage issue, a wiring <laughs> issue, called out his contractor and the electrician. And it turns out it was just a 
It was just a light bulb. Yeah. Kind of tough. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Kind of tough. tough. Well, that's, yeah, that one, that's a shot to the ego a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, it hurt. But, but, but in my defense, it was in the stairway. Like it takes like an acrobat to get to that light bulb. Sure. So, well, in everybody else's defense, that's really not a defense. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Can't we just talk about football instead of my uh, inadequacies as a human? Uh, Joel, let's talk. Can we talk for a minute about Chip Kelly? Because I heard the name two nights ago, and I got pretty excited about the idea of Chip as the offense coordinator here in Seattle. How how much have you watched Chip talk to him over the last couple of years, and what do you think he would look like back in the NFL, not as a head coach, but running an offense? Well, there's a lot of layers to this. You know, like, you know, why, why would these head coaches want to go to the national football league? And that's a whole other conversation. Then there's the conversation just about the, the schematics and, and what it would actually look like. I do find it interesting uh, that a guy that may be getting a shot a hair early, uh, Mike McDonald would be looking to a guy like chip. Uh, to be a coordinator who has head coaching experience, vast head coaching experience at both levels. So I don't think that this is necessarily a schematic deal offensively. Um, now, y- you can certainly make the argument that the NFL game is is closer to what the college game has been historically over the last 20 years than ever before. You can make a strong argument that, that the, the offense that Chip – excels in and what he even did at Philadelphia is certainly something that can and would work in the, in, in the NFL right now. I think Chip has shown an, uh, ingr- I would say an incredible ability to find run game success everywhere that he's been. It's, it's, I, I don't know why it's been, I, I think miss, uh, misconceived as like a, a a finesse offense, but it's mm-hmm. not. Everywhere mm-hmm. that he's been, they've been the top rushing team. Now he just uses space to rush as as well as anybody, but they've always been a great running team, and that's certainly something that would be attractive to Mike McDonald, who's coming from a Harbaugh tree, who understands that complementary football, playing great defense, and being tough at the line of scrimmage is the way that you win. And so I think those things are, are what is driving this. His experience, his run game schematics, more more so than like some sort of high flying, you know, type of creative offense. I think it's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not a creative offense, but that it's it's fundamentally what Mike would be looking for to complement what he would be doing on defense. Okay, so put yourself, Joe Klatt, with us into the shoes of a 36-year-old first-time NFL head coach. You and I both saw Mike McDonald at Michigan uh, a couple different times. And if you're that 36-year-old head coach and this is the biggest hire you're going to make, give me a couple must-haves with your offensive coordinator. Well, I touched on it on that last last answer. I think the, the biggest mistake first-time head coaches make, in particular when they're really young, is when they surround themselves with also very young people around them. I think you need experience. And I'm not just talking about schematic experience. I'm talking about coaching experience, coach life experience. So that would be number one. I'd be looking for someone with head coaching experience. Obviously, Chip checks that box. And then the other box is that I would be looking for someone who would want to complement what I want to do philosophically. Uh, I think one of the things at both levels, college and the NFL, that can 
derail a team faster than anything is when the offense and the defense and the special teams are, are all on different pages. And when you're all on the same page and you're working in tandem philosophically to win the game, that's how Michigan won the national championship. Let's be very frank. They were the best all-around team. Georgia has done that over the last few years. Um, and, and Baltimore certainly is that way. They complement each other. Now, they have a great quarterback. But that's the things that I would be looking for if I was Mike. I don't want to fight against a guy that wants to go put up numbers. I want a guy that his ego is checked at the door. He's got experience. He's not looking for the next job. Maybe this is what he wants to do, and he's done being a head coach and just wants to coach football. And now I can really lay out the the foundations of what we want to be philosophically, and then that can work in concert throughout the three areas. When you sat with Mike McDonald three years ago in Ann Arbor, he's the D coordinator, did you think three years later I'm going to be on Brock and Salk's morning show talking about him as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks? Well, I knew he would be a head coach. The Brock and Salk thing, I don't know. Right. I, I figured we'd would. be broken up again by then. Right, divorced. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, like, were you guys together at yeah. that point? Probably not. Or, yeah. you know, it's a yeah. 50-50 shot, yeah, whatever, whatever year you happen we, to guess we were, on. I think we were podcasting that year. <laughs> yeah, the podcasting. That's, uh, you know, I know all about that. I will tell you, I knew he was going to be a head coach at some point. This is early, though. This is quick. I think it's even quick based on – you know, from what I know, what John Harbaugh thought. But the problem is, is we see so many examples, both levels of guys not striking when the iron is hot. Think about like, uh, for example, um, Matt Campbell at Iowa State. You know, a couple of years ago, he was up for every job in the country and and he didn't take it and everyone commended him. But the problem is you lose um, you know, the uh, um, blank and Purdy. The running back. There. Well, Purdy, obviously, <laughs> but the Hall, running back. Yeah. Brees Hall, that's mm-hmm. right. You lose those guys. And remember the, the vast senior leadership they had on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, guess what? You're not a hot commodity. And then yeah. people are wondering, like, well, should you be fired? Uh, so the opportunity comes up. It arises. And you've got to go take advantage. And so while this is early, I think even – um, John Harbaugh would say it's it's early. Mike was always going to be a head coach, and I knew it the first time I ever met with him. Talking to Joel Klatt, uh, of course, of, uh, of Fox Sports. Tell me uh, if you were in John and now Mike McDonald's shoes and you had the number 16 pick in the draft. Are you looking at a quarterback given that there may be six quarterbacks taken in the first round of this draft or are you looking to really build on the line of scrimmage that that is sort of like the necessity for this type of a of a team well there's two things that i think are in abundance early in this draft offensive linemen and quarterbacks so they can go either way and i think it depends on which player falls to them um couple of guys that that I think are are fascinating is Mims from Georgia and and where he gets slotted uh he's an offensive lineman um and where he gets slotted and where he could potentially go and then the other one and I know that you know this is not just a headline deal but with his history no one in this draft is going to know outside of Jim Harbaugh is going to know JJ McCarthy better mm-hmm. and you know I I just I look at what his skill set is, what Mike saw both at Michigan when he was just a freshman, and then what he saw with Lamar Jackson. And I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that J.J. is a comparable to Lamar. But 
I will say that that Mike understands the, I would say the the importance of the quarterback's ability to create between two and five first downs with his legs a game. Those are monumental because the defense can do everything right, which he's uniquely aware, and then all of a sudden the quarterback makes you wrong. J.J. has that ability. Uh, I think that he would be in an offense that is familiar to him, in a system, in a language that that would be familiar to him, not necessarily schematically, but from a philosophical standpoint, Mike's going to do what John did. John does what Jim does. So, that that's a name to me that's fascinating. You know, what's JJ's grade, and and would Seattle look at JJ McCarthy? Can, can I ask you the same question about him that I asked Brock yesterday? Not that I don't accept Brock's answer, but I, I want to hear yours. <clears throat> can he convert a third and ten first down without his legs? Like, can, does he of have course. the arm strength to throw it on third and ten oh, from the pocket course. and make? Because it it didn't seem that way, kind of watching him in the last few games of the year. Wait, really? I didn't think so. I mean, he, he strikes me as not a guy with watch? a fantastic arm. He doesn't look like Penix. Oh, he doesn't look on. like a lot of the NFL guys who were just gunning so from back there. Did you there. watch the Ohio State game? No. <laughs> I didn't. I said the last two games of the year. I saw I'm Alabama and I saw Washington, the only said, two games I've seen. You said yes, I was going to say you were blind. No, yes. I didn't see it. Did you know, see the throw to Joel, Roman Wilson Joel, over the just, middle? Joel, the needle? Joel, will you appreciate Salk's answer right there? <laughs> He was one oh, of the was few amazing. that. Yes, he was one of the few that did not. But he's fine with answering that. He's he can't change a light bulb, but he can tell you he did not watch that game. The two that he watched, the Alabama game and ultimately the national title game, he did not play like he did in the game you you know you called and have called the last I don't know dozen years or so. So, <laughs> Brock, you'll chuckle at this. Do you know how many games I've called Michigan games I've called in the last three years? A lot. 16. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, Salk didn't even watch the Ohio State game, and he's b- blabbering on about J.J. doesn't make throws? I'm not. I'm asking you. I, I'm asking the question. I, I, I trust mean, it was a leading guys. question. It no. was a leading question. It, to me, a, I haven't seen. It was a push-pull. It was a bit of a push-pull. <laughs> You're in Colorado, so, right? You know what about push-pulls. So, yeah, that's fine. Here, yeah. Listen, listen. I'm, I'm having a little fun at your expense, obviously, but yes, he makes he makes those throws and he makes them often. Now, here's here's what I would say: if if I was just going to give you any sort of legitimacy to your point, which there is very little, I would say that he isn't asked to do what, let's say, a Michael Penix is asked to do. Penix was asked between twenty and thirty times a game to read post-snap, straight drop-back pass, downfield passing game. And he was asked to do that a lot. J.J. was not. Very little straight drop-back without any play action, without any run action, and and read something post-snap. Now, there's a difference between, at least in my estimation, you can say it's drop-back pass, but if it's quick game, that's generally not a post-snap decision. Hmm. As Brock, you, you know, mm-hmm. you and I would know, it's it's like a lot of leverage plays, a lot of number count, and you know where that ball is going before it's in your hands. So I'm talking about actual post-snap reads, downfield, straight drop-back pass. He was maybe asked to do that between four and six times a game, maybe. 
And remember, they were up and leading a lot, and that, that was a philosophy that was based on running the football, grinding people out. Now, when he was asked to do that, he did make incredible throws. He makes incredible throws both on the run, outside of the pocket while he's creating, and inside of the pocket. And I would just point you to that throw that he made against Ohio State down the middle of the field. It was somewhat of a controversial play because I was blabbering on that I didn't know if Roman Wilson had full possession of the ball you know, at the goal line and blah, blah, blah. What got lost was this throw that he made that was absolutely insane. Um, and he did that several times. I appreciate your honesty, yes. but, uh, you know, as in my cousin Vinny, overruled. <laughs> well, I'm, I appreciate the answer. It's sad that it'll be the last one you ever give on the show, but I, I really, I really do appreciate it. Mean, we'll see, folks. We'll it, it seems like everyone listening probably enjoys it. Brock yeah. seems to enjoy this pretty well, so. This is what we get, Brock, for having yeah. former, like, morning show hosts on. Like, I don't I always tell you that we should yep. never have other radio people on? Just writers. They sure. have no opinion. Because they, because they don't get nervous right. on the phone and think, like, oh, I just want salt to like yeah. to bring me back. We just got a text in. This is delightful. Instant classic. Uh, thank Joel, you, Joel. You are the best. Seriously, thank you so much. Great answers. Great stuff. As always, it's nice to have a the number guest. one Fox analyst on the show. See, why you gotta why you gotta do that? That was just a low blow. Are you not the number one Fox like, analyst? Yes, I'm trying to build you I up. Am, but but the way that you said it, I mean he's sitting right there. Thank you, Joel. I don't even know what you mean. Thank you, Joel. Good stuff as you always. Guys are, you guys are great. Brock, I love uh, you. You Joel, too, we'll buddy. We'll better next time. Yes. All right. We'll do better. We'll do better next time. There's Joel Klatt, the number one analyst at Fog Sports for college football. How about that? What All right. an hour. What an hour. Yeah. Ah. Oh, I'm dying. That was so good. I did tell you guys at 6 a.m. that I got like an hour and a half of sleep for the second night in a row. My puppy's been up. She's you vomiting and gacking. I drank caffeine, which I never do. And obviously it is um, it's le- it's leading me astray. <laughs> I'm going to get out of the way and just ask Brock some football questions. Let's do some Blue 88. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Heward breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. You know what, Justin? You know what dawns on me? Joel just doesn't know that I'm a quarterback aficionado. That's right. We didn't get to put that in at right. the beginning the, of the It's not interview. in my – I don't like – advertise it. it either right joining Brock yeah. and the court efficient yeah. so if he had known that maybe he would have had a little bit more respect for my view on, on jj mccarthy you two would you two might physically fight if you were co-host together i really do enjoy joel but yes, yes. you're probably right <laughs> just wait till we get into politics all right brock question number one uh ryan grubb does not appear yeah. at the moment like he's going to be the guy here in seattle why not Yep, I, I'm going to use those two reasons that Fox's number one college football analyst just gave when he was talking about Mike McDonald because I totally agree with him and I wrote him down on my little sheet here. Uh, you're going to have to and want to hire somebody with head coaching experience. Somebody older than you, someone that has been there, that has done it, that can be a sounding board on that side for you. I think that that is. So having Leslie Frazier is not enough. I think that's really important. I think that absolutely check maybe the biggest leadership box, like mm-hmm. overall, right right underneath him to have it as an assistant head coach. But it does feel a little bit, if if this you know, whiz kid was compared to Sean McVay in the interview, what did Sean McVay do? 
He hired a former head coach and Wade Phillips to coordinate his defense and the creative guy and everything else. I saw a lot of that going around yesterday in the social media realm, and that would be the comp with Chip. And then number two, more importantly, more importantly, is is to just compliment schematically with who and what you are. Something you say all the time. Yep. Do not compromise. Ryan Grubb, for the better part of a decade, his teams have been dominated by what Joel just said. 20 or 30 times a game, drop back pass. Well, that's not who we are. That is not what we want to be. And it, it's it's been highly successful. It's produced you know championships and great seasons. And he's a tremendous X's and O's guy and numbers advantage. And I would argue that many of those dropbacks are because of number advantages you gain. Mm-hmm. But he's not done it at this level. Um, and then I would add, lastly, he's he's kind of a, a gritty, tough dude, this scrub guy. I'm not going to say Alex Gibbs-ish, but he's got that O-line background. And there's a difference between coaching 18 to 22-year-olds where you have a carrot of playing time yeah. and 23-year-old grown men that have contracts and they're going to be playing no matter how much you try to get after him. So I think for those reasons, he was where at the Red Elephant Club yesterday? Telling them that he's the coordinator. The at Red Bama. Elephant Club. Question number two. Is that what it was called? It is. Yes. <laughs> Why don't you think they'd let me in? It's really... Really weird. Uh, Brock, if Gino's market wasn't tremendous a year ago, what would it be right now? Yeah, we're going to get into this a whole bunch with Brady, right? Because when the words came out of my mouth yesterday, I thought, oh, gosh, was that really stupid? Of you know, cutting him and of then... cutting him and resigning him and maybe yeah. finding some savings. And I was glad that Brady texted us kind of off the air and said, you know, I actually have had some of those conversations and done some of that math. So he will give us, you know, some of that. But man, look at this QB market, Salk. Not only what what Joel just referenced there, the strength of this draft is Mm -hmm. linemen and quarterbacks and the better part of six of them. And then even as you go beyond McCarthy, there's another guy out of Tulane that uh, Michael Pratt that may grow into a second round pick or third round pick and some others even after that in the mid rounds. So there is a bunch of QBs in this draft. And then on the free agent market, Kirk Cousins, Brian Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Jameis Winston. Those are all unrestricted free agents. So that, I don't know, do that math right there. That's like 12 QBs. Yeah. Where does Geno slot in that? Ahead of some. Definitely ahead of some. Definitely ahead of some. But there are going to definitely be some that say, I want Jaden Daniels. I want Caleb Williams. I want J.J. McCarthy. I want Michael Penix. I want Drake May. I mean, I want Bo Nix or six. They're likely going to be first round or top 40 picks. And that's going to be their guy, six. And then you know what? I really like this Baker, man. I love the way he came back. Maybe he stays in Tampa. Take them off the market. Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith. You're going to take Kirk Cousins. Much longer resume, playoffs, much much more production. So I don't know exactly what Geno's market's going to be, and they've got to figure that out over the next seven, eight days. All right, question number three. Why are people saying I got completely owned? Honesty's the best policy. It is. Yeah, always. Um... I knew it was a light bulb. Bill and Pete yes. hanging out together on yep. Montlake. Yep. What's the real value? I, I Honest to goodness, Saul. And yesterday, Fish also bringing up the name Steve Ballmer and Bill Gates. I've never heard Chris Peterson do that. Mm-hmm. I never heard Steve Sarkeesian do that. I never heard anybody do that. Those guys were not gazillionaires when Rick Neuheisel was here. He probably would have in the late 90s and early 2000s um, would have leveraged those guys. Jed Fish is going to leverage those guys. He is. And, and I don't think it'll be a hard sell. You know why? Because this isn't a coaching fraternity. This is blood. 
This is Pete and Bill that want nothing more than for their sons to continue to ascend. Pete Carroll would love to see Brandon Carroll mm-hmm. have more success here as an OC. And then guess what? Be a head coach and go lead a program and do that. And in his early 40s, he's still got runway to do it. He's going to be around. He's going to help. Bill Belichick, I'm sure, is he's going to be out of this league trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life for the first time, I think I heard, since 1980. So it's been over 40 years since he's been in the NFL. Wow. He can be around and making sure that his boy is, is finding some success. And to think that they won't have fundraisers, to think they won't have football one-on-ones, to think that they won't try to bring in you know, some of the money for their collectives and, and utilize those assets, that would be foolish. They're going to. And uh, Jetfish, probably the right guy to entertain much and many of those creative ideas. All right, there you go. That's today's Blue 88. Some responses here. Uh, don't worry about it, Mike. Watching you get punched in the nose was entertaining. Thank you. That's, I appreciate that. That's really great. Salk, I'm an electrician. You're not alone. I've got numerous calls from dumb homeowners who are, as we call them, sulkies. It's unrelated, maybe. <laughs> Chief amongst them, I drove two hours to a fridge with a voltage issue. Turns out the homeowner didn't understand static electricity. So you're definitely not the worst, LOL. How many of those, be honest, you electricians, your, but whatever. you're listening to the show right now. How many of you electricians, honestly? You've gotten in that situation, and then you fiddle around, and you go out into the garage, yeah. and you find the right. You, you find the panel. Oh, you mess geez. around. You try to make it look like there is something. <laughs> How many of you, either for your own good, oh, to, to build be, a yeah. to build a little more time, or to save face for that said homeowner? How many of you actually do that? Yeah. I'd be curious on that end. Somebody else here says, 360, I'm with Salk. Thank you. Watched four or five Michigan games. I'm not seeing that guy as an NFL quarterback, mm. but I also said the same thing about C.J. Stroud. So, all right. All right. That's enough. We're done here for a few minutes. Let's change subjects. Let's talk about something else before Brady joins us at 830. Brock, if the Mariners... You want me to text Brady to be nice to you? No. I, I, you know what? I deserve it. Just keep, keep bringing it today. I'll, I'll take on all comers. Brock, if the Mariners do nothing else, before the season begins. There is one guy who I think has a very interesting job ahead of him. We'll discuss next on Brock and Salk.